Hey Bubblies, it's me, Jen, the host of this little old podcast, My Streaming Bubble. And today's episode is that triple-digit beauty, number 100. So to celebrate, I'll be answering your most burning questions I received a while ago. There were so many great questions, and it was so hard not to answer them right away, so I'm pretty excited to get to these. Thank you to my beautiful podcast brain twin, Erin, over there at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Carla, one of the co-hosts from the podcast Bed, Wetter, Behead. Two of my favorite people to tolerate on mic, Laura and Eric. And some of my best good friends, Erin and Kelly. Now you might be wondering, but Jen, it looks like you already have over 100 episodes. Well, I have over 100 uploads. Two of those are not actual an actual episode that was released on the standard regular upload days of Sunday. So I'm counting this as the official 100th episode. Uh, maybe if I get some time and gumption, I'll go through and number all the past episodes so that way it may be, be a little bit more clear and maybe easier to find past episodes if you wanted to know, oh, did you cover this? Or I don't know, whatever reason. It's numbers, makes it easy, I guess. Sure. All right, so before we begin uh, going down this lovely list of questions, I want to start with a quote from probably the best movie I've seen this year, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which stars the great Nicolas Cage and the wonderful Pedro Pascal. And in the movie, Javi, played by Pedro, says, asks, Mr. Cage, what is your favorite movie? To which Nick Cage replies, and that's Nick with a K because he's playing a fictional version of himself, responds, Oh, favorite movie? Oh, wow. I mean, that's one of those questions that's impossible to answer because you see a hundred plus years of rich cinema. You can't just limit it to one. It depends upon your mood, the seasons. And I couldn't agree more. So my favorites are always changing. So it's kind of hard for me to answer those questions, but I did the best I can. And I went with, I think, whatever first came to mind. So I am not going to read off who asked each question, but I did thank those that submitted questions uh, at the beginning, as you heard. So I'm just going to read what the question is and give an answer. So the first question is, is there any sure movie you refuse to ever cover? Uh, at this point, I'm not, I, I don't think so, but I'd like to stay open to all possibilities. Um, but I can understand that maybe some movies might be too hard to watch and maybe too hard to discuss. So right now, I don't think so. But I, that's not to say that a movie title could come up and I could be like, no, I'm absolutely not covering this for whatever the reason, maybe the subject matter or something. Uh, but I don't want to shy away from having some of those conversations. Because uh, while this podcast started as just a, a way for me to like fan gush and fangirl about my sh my shows and my movies with my friends. Uh, it's kind of evolved a little bit and maybe sitting down and watching uh, something that I maybe not, am going to end up liking a whole heck of a lot or something that was a hard watch and kind of discussing why uh, I want to stay open to that, to those possibilities. So 
Um, at this point, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Actually, no. Antichrist. Because I, I don't want to rewatch that movie ever again. The one with Willem Dafoe. If you know, you know. Okay, so question number two. If you could only watch one show for the rest of your life, what would it be? Hmm. It's kind of a toughie. Like a part of me wants to go with something kind of familiar and nostalgic, uh, but that doesn't necessarily make it good and make it something I want would want to watch for the rest of my life. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Schitt's Creek because... Uh, while I do have a soft side for all the dark and fucked up stuff, I just, I think for forever, this is a show that I could always and forever watch. Um, it's just, it, it's it's got everything. It's got humor, heart, heartbreak, and it. I never tire of watching the growth of the characters throughout the season. season. So it's just a bummer that it's so short. But I'd have to go, I think maybe Schitt's Creek, maybe Letterkenny, because that's just a fun, a fun one to watch. It's definitely one of my comfort rewatches. So uh, apparently a Canadian show. Com yeah. So there you go. All right. Question three. Let's go. What show have you always found comforting? Like no matter how many times you watch it, it never gets old. So for these, I definitely go with my... Uh, childhood kind of shows the classic Roseanne love it no like every single episode not a fan of that last season the finale itself was it was I do I do kind of like it but it's whatever uh, and also that 70s show and Star Trek Next Generation so that's kind of like my childhood in a tiny little nutshell right there uh, more recent ones would be like like I said Letterkenny Schitt's Creek I love watching Dairy Girls. Uh, it's so funny and it's so sweet. And it's just, and I love the accents. <laughs> I'm a sucker for accents. So uh, I, so for me, even with closed captioning, I feel like I pick up a little bit more each time, uh, kind of getting more familiar with the accents. And again, with the help of closed captioning. And then, yeah, I'll Google like the, some of the different sayings. And that just kind of makes it that much more fun. I don't know, whatever. Uh, and then Doctor Who, love me my Doctor Who. I can rewatch Doc. Just I love it so much. Definitely some episodes more than others, some seasons more than others, some Doctors and Companions more than others. But I love watching Doctor Who, and then also Sherlock, uh, BBC Sherlock with uh, Bumblebee, Cabbage Patch. So he's I. It's I don't know. It's just very lulling. It's very I don't. It's I love those shows. So those are all very much. Comfort rewatches, they never get old for me. I can turn any single one of them on at any time and just be delighted. So I actually kind of wish some of these, like one of these streaming services comes out with a feature where you can like shuffle watch a series. So something like Letterkenny or Doctor Who, and you can throw in Classic Who, so all the more to choose from and just shuffle and just pick one. Oh my God, Star Trek Next Generation. I would fucking love that. Please, somebody make that a thing. The Netflix shuffle button, eh, it's kind of hit or miss because a lot of times, actually, I think it's more miss because a lot of times it will randomly, quote, randomly play something we've already watched. So that's 
Not helpful. Okay, so those are my comfort shows. On to the next question. Question four. What is your favorite soundtrack to a film? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This is hard because I love soundtracks. So uh, before I try to answer this question, I just want to reference the Nicolas Cage quote from Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, But... I, I won't reread the quote. So if you want to know what it was, you can scroll or not scroll. I'm scrolling through my Google Doc. But you can rewind and, and hear the quote. Or maybe you already know it. But uh, with that said or unsaid, uh, I love soundtracks. I own several. And I listen to a lot of the Disney and Pixar soundtracks. And I remember when I was watching first watching like the Gilmore Girls and when Lorelai calls Christopher during her bachelorette party and he gets all judgy about Max's music collection being like best of compilations and soundtracks, I was personally offended. Uh, so my top fave soundtracks would be Old Brother Warthel, the Dazed and Confused soundtracks, Little Shop of Horrors, Crybaby, uh, love listening to all of those ones uh, and so many more, but I'll leave it with those. Uh, Tarantino films tend to have some, I, I tend to enjoy his soundtracks. I They're fun to listen to. I really like them. As well as Wes Anderson flicks, uh, maybe just because he uses a lot of the kinks and I just love the kinks. So there you have it for soundtracks. I love them. They are gateway albums to artists, uh, new and past and whatever's. So Don't hate on the soundtracks. Don't hate on the compilations and the people, me, that love them. Question five. It's about food. I like food. Big fan of it. Should probably go have some soon. All right. Question five. What movie or TV meal do you think of when you think of a scrumptious feast? Uh, Hook's Imaginary Feast. Uh, Hook, the movie Hook with Robin Williams. I love that movie. And I love that gigantic spread that he, him and the Lost Boys come up with. And like none of it looks real. It just looks like just dyed like jello and and slime, whatever. Like it, but it, like it just it doesn't look like real food. But at the same time, it all looks absolutely delicious. And the way those kids just dive into it and they just devour it and are just like enjoying and savoring it. Maybe that's what makes it look so fucking good, but there's just something about it that's just like it is as all fake and imaginary, literally imaginary as it is, it looks so delicious. Uh the giant cookie in Honey I Shrunk the Kids because as a kid that that would have been a scrumptious feast in of itself. Uh anything sookie from Gilmore Girls ever cooked and had made and oh my god all that food sounded delicious and you know what yeah and luke's oh i'm such a diner person i would have eaten at luke's like every single day burgers breakfast foods two of my favorite food groups uh and then like anime food looks really good i know there's been like articles and i think like buzzfeed listicles going on and on about them and they're absolutely right that shit looks really fucking good uh same with like all the food in like ratatouille and oh animated pizza the cheese look at that cheese oh my god i wish pizza really did that (sighs) so that's that's 
I guess kind of off the top of my head, scrumptious feasts. I'm sure there are plenty more that I'm not thinking about, but, um, and I guess I didn't just name one. I named several, (laughs) but that's just how I am. Question six. If you could be any character in any film, what character would you be and why? So this is a tough one. I've kind of been thinking about it for a very long time. It's very hard to answer. Um, but I've kind of I think I've narrowed it down to someone with powers, but not necessarily like a superhero. Uh, at first, I was like, oh my god, Aunt Hilda from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because she's so sweet and caring, and she can make amazing food, but she's deadly as fuck, and don't fuck with Aunt Hilda. So I know that's a show, not a film. Um, it's it's I feel like it's harder for me to narrow it down movie wise. Uh, so let's see if I can do it real quick off the top of my again. I've been sitting on this question for weeks and all I've come up with is a TV show character. So for film. I mean. I wouldn't mind being the Scarlet Witch, but not the Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness, per se, because I did not like the arc and everything, her storyline, um, but that's just me. But I loved how powerful she was, so that's what I want, but minus the actual storyline. Something more along, uh, some more, some, because like in WandaVision, she was super fucking powerful too obviously but she was grieving so hard so i don't really want i don't i don't need any more grief in my life but i want the power <laughs> so i guess i'll go scarlet witch because that or see i kind of maybe poison ivy but film wise i don't want to be uma thurman's poison ivy i want to be harley quinn animated series poison ivy voiced by lake bell and is like the the only version, on-screen version of Poison Ivy, I, from here on out, acknowledge, exists, as well as the Jim Gordon. So I guess, I guess I'm going to go with that. Scarlet Witch, final answer. All right, lucky number, question seven. I don't think I said that right. It doesn't matter. If you could recast any character from any TV show or film with Nicolas Cage, what character would it be? I love the Nicolas Cage questions. I fucking love them so much. <laughs> you know me so well. Uh, let's see. Uh, first answer off the top of my head, all of them. <laughs> um, maybe Agent Fartface from The Cleaning Lady, because I really did not like that character. And maybe being, and maybe if Nick played him, then maybe I might like him a little bit more and be open to a possible redemption arc uh, for that character. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Um, it'd be interesting, I think, maybe to see him do a version of Two Face. I think he could actually. I think he could absolutely pull it off uh, from kind of that unhingedness of the Two Face side, and maybe a you know a more subdued version for the Harvey Dent side, the quote good side. Although I guess. He did play the two different characters in adaptation. And maybe that's why I think he could do, he could maybe do Harvey Dent, Two-Face. I think, I think that could be interesting to see. All right. Time for question eight. Eight. 
eight is great. You can hold it this way. You can hold it that way. It's still eight. Eight. Eight is great. It makes me say hooray. A little bit of Sesame Street there for you. All right. So question eight. How do you pick your shows and movies? <laughs> um, sorry, I don't know why I asked the question all like, woohoo, like, uh, so it's the way I go about picking a show or movie is really all about the tolerable uh, and whoever wants to maybe talk about it. So that's how I, I like to let my tolerables choose if I have uh, someone lined up. Or if I pull from my little gallery of tolerables, uh, I, I usually ask if there's anything that they they're specific, anything specific they want to discuss. Uh, sometimes they'll actually reach out to me and say, "Hey, I just finished a show or movie, and I really want to talk about it on your podcast." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And sometimes it's the uh, works the other way around, where I watch something and then I'm just like, I need someone to come on my podcast to talk about it, or I need to come on their podcast and talk about it. Either way, I need to talk about it. So there's really no rhyme or reason. It's just whether or not I need a tolerable now and whether or not a tolerable needs a podcast host. So that's really kind of how the the chaotic method of choosing what gets covered. Uh, now with Dozer, he and I have been doing specifically uh, originals versus remakes, horror movies, and sci-fi. So for him him and I, for our discussions, usually after a recording session, we'll kind of chat about uh, a series of titles that we might want to add to the list to discuss. So we've got an ongoing list, all my tolerables. I have a spreadsheet for all of them with the various ideas. So just a place to go and dump the ideas, get it out of the head. And if we're ever struggling to try and cover something, we can just pull from that. So again, no real method to it. So it's just whoever wants to talk about something right now. And I also want to stay open to discussing like audiobooks or audio series like Red Frontier or like there's like a Batman audio series on Spotify. There's and just like all the audiobooks and stuff. So as long as it's streamable, I'm open to discussing it. Oh, real quick, I uh, just want to go back to the question about uh, Nicolas Cage and what and if I could recast a TV character uh, with Senior Cage, who would it be? I think I would also like to add the Doctor to that list. I'd like to see if Nicolas Cage could be like the first American Doctor. That would be fantastic. So <laughs> I I think that would be really interesting from his just everything from his his costume, his out his Doctor's Doctor outfit and. His just the way he, what he would bring to it and that kind of touch of caginess to it, but still all that heart of the doctor. So I think that could be really interesting and really fun and entertaining to watch, much like much like most of Mr. Cage's filmography. Except for Vengeance, a love story. I was very, very upset with that one. I That's all I'll say for now. Question nine. I don't know if I need to continue to count off the <laughs> what number question we're on because <laughs> uh, I'm keeping track in my notes and everything for editing purposes later. So it's just become kind of habit to shout them out now, I suppose. So uh, I, I, I guess. 
All right. Um, okay. So question nine. <laughs> Next question. Uh, if you got to hang out on a TV show set for a day, which would it be? Oh, this is a fun question. Uh, let's see. I think I want to go like Doctor Who because even though like I know, I know, but I think it would still be really cool to see the TARDIS and see the TARDIS set and everything. And that would just be oh, my little nerd heart. Uh, and, and just, yeah, that'd be very, very cool. Um, and, and Sesame Street, because I think that would also be equally cool as <laughs> going to the set of like Doctor Who. So <laughs> I could see Big Bird. I could ask what the fuck happened to Snuffleupagus, because I don't know if Snuffy's still around. My kids don't really watch Sesame Street anymore, unfortunately, but Snuffy's the best. Oh, and I want to see Oscar the Crouch. <laughs> I'm darking out way too hard about the idea of going to Sesame Street. Oh, and Telly. I love Telly. And his love of triangles and his high anxiety. I He's just a deer. <laughs> so Doctor Who and Sesame Street are my answers. All right. And on to the next question, which happens to be question number 10 for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, aside from having a place to talk about things you love with people you tolerate, what do you love most about podcasting? Ooh, good question. I I just love having something that's just mine. Uh, from beginning, middle to end, it's mine. Something I created, I work hard to put out every week, uh, even though I joke about being disorganized and not having my shit together, which is mostly true. Uh, there's, it's just how I operate. It's an organized chaos. It's really weird. Uh, but all bullshitting aside, I'm constantly thinking ahead, planning the next recording, new ideas, what's feasible, how I'm going to do this, uh, even like merch ideas and things like that. Cause I do have a red bubble store. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I love having something that I can focus my time and energy on when I have my me time. So, and, and I like also being able to provide that kind of example for my kids that, you know, in this day and age of, of kids growing up with the YouTubers and, and whatnot and influencers, there's a lot of kids that, you know, they want to be YouTubers or they want to do this. They want to be, you know, make content, whatever, be out there in the digital world so uh, it's kind of cool to be able to provide my kids with like an up close personal like example of that. They see their mom doing that and hopefully maybe that inspires them to go out and have that ambition to do what they want to do to create something of their own. So that's that's really what I, I really love about what podcasting has brought to me, I suppose. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's mine. It's, I created it. It's my baby. I love it. Uh, but I also love what it's, that it's been able to provide that kind of real life example for my kids. So, um, yeah. All right. These next set of questions, I feel kind of all go together and are kind of related to the last question I just answered. So, I'm going to go ahead and just read off the questions and then uh, just provide my answers. So I'm like I said, I'm lumping them together because I feel like they all just kind of go and I just don't want to end up repeating myself too much like I've already done just now. All right. So 
The first one here in this little set is what has been the biggest learning curve for you uh, from where your podcast started to where it is now? Second question in this set is how has podcast, how has the podcast affected your family? And then what do you feel people do incorrectly when starting a podcast? And what advice would you give new podcasters? So to address that very first one, the biggest learning curve, um, it's just figuring out what the fuck I'm doing. And as for any advice I could possibly give to any new podcasters, I feel like I'm kind of out of my depth in that area uh, with that question, because like I said, I, I'm just, I'm still figuring shit out. So I'm still kind of messing with the dials on the, on the soundboard, uh, the sound interface, I think is what it's called. And that's the other thing is, uh, no, I guess the advice I could give is kind of know the terminology, watch the YouTube videos. Like if you completely like no knowledge, no background in any kind of, uh, sound recording, engineering, anything like that. If you're like me and you don't know what any of that fucking shit is, uh, don't be like me and actually watch the videos, read the articles, ask your friends that have podcasts, uh, go out there on social media, find the community. There are a lot of really great uh, other indie podcasters that put out shows and give out advice for new podcasters. So um, be open to listening to those that are out there providing information, uh, just kind of Know the terminology, like I said, watch the YouTube videos uh, so you're not kind of struggling and just like all slowly piecing it together like I did. I got there and but I definitely I definitely dove in. I, I definitely leapt before I looked in a lot of ways. So but I did have friends that were available to help me. I can just be a little stubborn sometimes and not ask for help because I'm like, I'm a big girl. I'll figure it out myself. Ugh. But uh, Marty at Marty Podcasts was a big help in kind of first starting out, he helped recommend what equipment and everything to get. So my husband had surprised me with the mics and the sound interface board thingy. Yeah, don't use words like thingy when talking about the equipment. <laughs> I guess that's another piece of advice I can give. <laughs> so yeah, just uh, reach out, get that information, get that support. Um, be patient with yourself as you as you navigate this new path for yourself. So and so for that second question, how has it affected my family? Uh, it hasn't. I mean, like I was just saying uh, about having providing that example for my kids. It hasn't really there hasn't been any like negative effects or anything. Uh, the kids understand when it's a recording day and mom's got to be downstairs or, you know, to do a virtual recording or folks come over, uh, they, they're, they're fine with that. And my oldest always asks me, oh, what was it about? What are you pod prepping for? So it just kind of helps just start just those kind of conversations. And, and then it's kind of fun because then my kids and I can maybe go on and go off and talk about something they've been watching. Oh, yeah, it's like this. I mean, I don't go in too much detail with some of the more <laughs> dark and fucked up shit that I watch, but uh, it's just it's nice that they ask and that they express an interest in my interests. So I guess maybe just being supportive and showing how to be supportive towards each other. I guess maybe that's how that's an impact. 
definitely a good one. I think we sometimes think, you know, how has something impacted your life? I think people may tend to think to negative, you know, think towards the negative side of that, or maybe that's just me, but it's definitely had a more positive impact. So a uh, husband is super supportive. So he knows that if I've got a recording going on, whether it's in person or virtual, uh, it's up to him to keep the kids quiet or to just get them out of the house <laughs> for a little bit. And you know what? And the kids don't mind that either because then they get extra time with their dad. And my husband, he works like in the agriculture biz. So during the spring and summer months, he works a lot and he's not around to hang out with the kids. And so they really miss him. And so as his season starts to wind down and his hours go back to something a little bit more OSHA friendly, uh, it's they they enjoy having that extra time with with him. And even the youngest one day was just like, I just want to hang out with you, even if we go grocery shopping. So which I thought was super cute. <laughs> His husband used to be the stay-at-home parent uh, with the youngest, and so the youngest got used to going with dad on running all the errands and going to all the stores and everything. So, But now he's home with mom, and he likes watching TV, <laughs> not leaving the house. Oh, and I guess another way it's kind of impacted my family is it has shown my husband that it is possible to make new friends after 40. So I say that because, 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 um, I'm so sorry, but I bring that up because through podcasting, I have met some amazing people, uh, my wonderful podcast brain twin being one of them, uh, Erin over there at it's a fandom thing pod. And she had asked on a scale of 10,000 to 10,000, how much better has your life become since being introduced to your podcast brain twin? So that one was asked on Twitter and that one I answered right away and it definitely a hundred thousand times better. So I've, I've met these amazing people, very, very inspiring, like these other indie creators, indie podcasts, especially the female ones and being on their show and listening to their show. It's shown me just what all we can do and how supportive we as women truly are of each other in the podcast community as a whole. So it's, I, you know, I've met, like I said, Aaron, and I finally was, you know, virtually introduced to Meg's best friend. And I've known Meg forever and ever. And she and her best friend, Carla, are the hosts of Bedwetter Behead. And so I got to meet Carla after hearing about Carla for all these years. And she's amazing. And I love it. And then uh, just even the people that I've met through recording on uh, for It's a Fandom Thing. It, it's Susie and Aaron A. And, and Paul and all these other just wonderful people that I just love having these conversations with. So it's, I guess, also shown them that friends can be anywhere and can come in. You know, they don't have to live in your town or, you know, go to your school or be your a, a work friend. You know, internet friends exist and, you know, all that stuff that a lot of us already knew. But how these relationships can still be important and meaningful and impactful. So that, yeah, <laughs> I rambled. I guess this was just my time to just gush about the wonderful people that I've met. Um but yeah, that's I guess that it has impacted my family because I've met these wonderful people. So it's kind of helped shaped 
the way I do my podcast or the way I think about the podcast and having these conversations that aren't just always about the show, but whatever themes that echo real life and bringing new bits of information and perspectives into my world, which then I can share with my family to make sure that they are keeping an open as mind, an open of a mind as possible. I don't think I said that right. Uh, but just to main, make sure that we're staying open and receptive to different thoughts and ideas uh, just because we didn't think about them doesn't invalidate them. It's things that we should consider and think about unless these messages are rooted in hate. Then they, you know, then those people can fuck off. Okay. Well, I am about a little over halfway through these questions. Uh, this is question number 15 for those of you keeping track at home. I know I already said that same joke twice. It works. Um, but what I'm going to do is I think I'm just going to answer this last question. Uh, just for the sake of time. And I'll be back to answer the rest of the questions. And I'll maybe even throw out another request for some questions for another Ask Me Anything for another mini bubble in the future. So if you didn't get a question in for this round, when you hear this episode, go to my social medias or comment in the comments uh, a question that you might have that didn't get asked. And I'll add it to the list. These are a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun with this. Uh, just sitting here in my basement, in the pod basement, talking to myself like a totally sane person does. You know, like a podcaster does, right? Like, yeah, sure. Anyways. Oh, my God. All right. So the last question I'm going to answer today. Why is TV slash movie so important to you? Oh, well, obviously, it's because of that warm, glowing embrace of the television set. Uh there is mostly joking, but there is some truth to that. So I grew up in with I grew up. I was raised by TV watchers. Uh, my parents weren't super active. They didn't really like do stuff or go out or really have a lot of friends. So they just they pretty much were like, you know, once we decided to have kids, that was it. They stopped having a social life. They stopped going out and seeing people and they got stuck in kid jail for 18 years. Well, a little more than that. Either way. Uh, so we just watched a lot of TV and my parents had cable. So I grew up with all the channels. And that's just kind of what we did. We hung out and we would watch TV. And then once every once, you know, myself and my brother started getting older, we would be watching TV in separate rooms. <laughs> but we were always home, I guess, is kind of the, the trade off from all of that. So, and yeah, so I, I was kind of that classic, I guess, eighties, nineties kid raised by TV. Um, parents, I mean, except for the fact that my parents were actually home, they weren't out doing stuff. Uh, there was a point where my parents worked a uh, non-traditional hours, so they weren't home at night, but otherwise, yeah, we just, that's just what we do. That was my childhood. Uh, even going to my grandparents' house, my grandpa was a TV watcher as well and would stay up really late to like four in the morning, I guess, uh, watching like Old Nick at night and shit like that. And he would, on the nice summer days, they had like a screened in porch and a small like microwave cart and a small TV, small little tube TV that they would just wheel out and then watch TV outside. 
And that's my dream. I want my three-season porch with my TV outside so I can enjoy the nice breeze uh, and my programs. But that's that's just what I was raised around and how I grew up. So for better or worse, that's kind of what I've passed on to my kids. But with the slight difference of now we're having these conversations and with, even with my kids, we're talking about all the ins and outs of like all the different Power Rangers or Transformers or the the nuances, the nuanced differences between like the different Sonic series or Pokemon series and shit like that. So uh, it's and maybe so maybe instilling that they've kind of are growing up to better appreciate the entertainment that they are consuming. Whereas I just I watch it. It was just maybe an escape or something, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's. There was really nothing else there. I went way too embarrassing long before I realized Michael Keaton was both Beetlejuice and Batman. I mean, I wasn't like an adult or anything. I was still a kid and I was still living at home, but I watched both movies like a kajillion times before one day it hit me that this was the same fucking person. And, but with my kids, you know, pointing out like this actor is also in this show or in this movie or does the voice for this. And it's like, I don't want to necessarily take away from the mystery and the magic of shows and movies, but I want to start instilling in them like the appreciation of the work that these artists uh, put out. So it's been really kind of cute since, since then as well, because, uh, I guess a phrase that they hear a lot is, you know, this this voice actor sounds familiar. <laughs> so we'll go and then uh, I'll pull up my old IMDb and see who it is and then be like, why, yes, this is Cody Grapes. And he does the voice of Beast Boy as well as a Ninja Turtle and this and that. And then the kids themselves actually uh, caught that Ben Schwartz was also not only the voice of Sonic and the Sonic movies, Uh, but one of the Ninja Turtles in Rise of the Ninja Turtles, which that's been a whole other thing in this house. So uh, thank God they're not here to hear that because then I'd I'd have to fucking hear it. But see, that's the thing is now my kids kind of understand and, you know, joking or not and just kind of fucking around or not, you know, plots, production, writing, voice work, and can maybe, in a way, also inspire them. Or they these are things that they can keep in mind as they grow up and maybe want to become, you know, creators of some kind of film, movie, shorts, whatever, YouTubers, Twitch gamers, whatever might be around when, when they're a little older. So, but yeah, it's so, I guess I've kind of, you know, tried to squash the guilt of being a lazy TV parent by instilling these uh, conversations about media production and entertainment and what all goes into it, watching behind the scenes stuff with my kids and making it more of like a bonding experience than just, uh, (laughs) I don't feel like parenting, so go ahead and watch Disney+. Plus. Well, all right. I guess that's going to do it for me today for this um, AMA mini bubble for the official 100th episode. Official. 
because it's an actual episode, even though it's a mini bubble, it's still being released on its actual normal release day. But I, I hope you enjoyed it, and I can't wait to come back and answer the rest of these questions and hopefully get some new questions. And I just, I appreciate everyone for listening and the support uh, for this little old podcast over the years. And if you want to continue to show support, the best way to do that is make sure that you share, share, share this podcast, share this episode, share past episodes, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your, tell your mail carrier that this is a podcast that they should totally listen to because their friend Jen is the host and is super awesome. And what was I saying? But thank you. Yes. So show your support by doing all of those things. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you can follow me on on the Twitters at Streaming Bubble. And you can like the Facebook page and the Instagram accounts page, whatever. I can be found as My Streaming Bubble on those two platforms. And then make sure you're just following wherever you get your podcast fix. So whether that is Spotify or Apple or Audible or Podbean, my hosting site, and make sure that you rate and review. These are all little things that require very, very little effort from my wonderful bubblies to show support, to show love. Uh, Let me know what you like. You can let me know what you didn't like. Just be nice about it. Don't be a fucking dick because I don't handle criticism very well. I will downward spiral, spiral and then... My family will be very, very mad at you. Mostly joking. Uh, I also, like I mentioned, try to sneakily mention earlier, I have a Redbubble store. So you can pop over to redbubble.com and search My Streaming Bubble. And you can get t-shirts and hats and pins and all the things of the logo. Uh, some quotes from the show. And, and that's the other thing. If there was something, if there was something we said during a past episode that really struck you as like absolutely hilarious or amazing or both, that you'd be like, I'd wear that shirt. I'd drink out of that coffee mug. Let me know. And I can try and make something, make it into something for you. You know, kind of, sort of custom orders. I'm not an artist or anything, but I can use Canva and I can upload to Redbubble. You can also support me if you really, really just really want to like throw a little cash my way. I'm not going to say no. In fact, I'm going to say thank you very much. And where you can do that is over there at buymeacoffee.com. And from there, you can donate. You can toss a little couple extra bucks my way to show support. Uh, I Any monetary money. Oh, God, I really need to slow it down right now. But any monetary support goes right back into this podcast. And that's everything from recording equipment to streaming rentals or subscriptions because they keep coming out with new streaming services and I still don't have Paramount Plus. And that's a travesty and we must remedy that. So yes, show a little support with your wallet so that we can get Paramount Plus and watch all the Star Treks there because we really want to watch all the Star Treks. Yeah, so those are all ways you can show support. Isn't that nice? I think it's nice, and I think it would be nice if you did one or maybe, you know, all of those things. Uh, let's see, anything. Oh, yeah, you can also send me an email to my streaming to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. There, 
I think that's all. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or want to be tolerated, you can send them there. You can send them Facebook message, Instagram message, Twitter messages, DMs, whatever you want to call them. I'll just reach out. Let me know. And I'll get it on the spreadsheet. And I'll pick a tolerable. And we'll go over that in another episode, in another mini bubble. But until then, my lovely bubblies, again, thank you all so much for your support. And keep streaming. Bye.